0: Welcome to Collaboration RA.
1: This podcast is dedicated to our profession, allowing us to share who we are, what we bring to the field of radiology, and how we care for the patients we serve.
0: We look forward to hearing from you. Find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com.
1: We appreciate you listening and we're glad you're here. Now let's collaborate.
0: Welcome to this episode of Collaboration RA. I'm host Marceline Forbes, and I have host Reese Bragoon. Hello. We also have with us somebody that I've been speaking a lot with lately. Our paths just continue to keep crossing, and I've really enjoyed making this connection. We have with us Joel Horsford. How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: I am very excited to have you. In case any of our listeners do not know or haven't been kind of out there in the industry, Joel has been spearheading fireside chats for anybody within the radiology imaging profession. But not only that, we've been having people from outside of imaging joining the conversation. A couple of instances where a patient's joined, people that work with radiology professionals or have family members who are radiology professionals who have come on to join. And so what I've loved about it is it's not only reaching our own community, it's reaching out into our community. So Joel, hats off. Thank you for doing that. That has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Really appreciate that. It's been a a wild ride and I love it. So thank you.
0: Yes. And we're going to continue doing it. When's the next one?
2: Next one is going to be February 17th, 2023. That's about a month from now. We're looking forward to having new topics, new individuals joining, people from different states. It's a really fun time, and um, we're going to kick it off for
0: 2023. Awesome. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you. Joel started out his career attending Harlem Hospital School of Radiological Sciences in October 2010 to become a radiological technologist. He graduated October 2012. Prior to attending Harlem Hospital School of Radiological Sciences in October, Joel had actually already received his bachelor's from State University of New York in Oswego, graduating from there in 2007. His passion is in assisting companies and medical imagers to strive to success by helping give them the tools necessary to enhance their growth, go into leadership, improve productivity, and have an innovative way of thinking, all while providing optimal patient care. Joel is also the host of the new Fireside Chats, as I mentioned, putting together that forum to bring us all on the same page at a national level. Joel, again, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you, Marceline. Thank you, Reese. We're so happy to have you, Joel. And I'm very excited to visit with you. And I know our listeners are too, because just hearing what you're doing, it's very in line with what Marceline and I are trying to accomplish as well, is like to get people involved, get people active in supporting themselves, supporting their profession. And so it's really nice to finally actually have the opportunity to visit with you since we're so like-minded so that we can bounce ideas off of each other
2: or even get more people involved and interested as well. Absolutely. It's one of those type of careers where building community is really important. And there's so many people coming through the pipeline that having fireside chat and having a way for us to communicate is absolutely an important item um, just in the industry as a whole. And I'm sure a lot of our longtime listeners would
1: attest to this is that there are many, many episodes that share that exact same idea is like get involved, get to know people, to network and establish yourself as far as like who you are, where you're located so that others in that area can use you as a resource or at least a sounding board for troubleshooting uh, problems or issues they're encountering in the state or in their hospital institutions that's great that we can uh, all work together.
0: Joel, yesterday you and I got to attend the Minnesota State Society meeting. I know Reese didn't get to, but I immediately called him and kind of filled him in on things. One thing that you and I were talking about pre-recording tonight Mm -hmm. was about our profession and kind of meeting together, getting us that one large voice. I think what you and I realized tonight just in discussing it, Is how many states don't necessarily have legislature. And Reese actually came from Texas, was in a state that didn't have legislature, still doesn't have legislature, and comes back to Texas. And so I was talking to him what was going on in his former state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. Reese, y'all don't have legislature there, correct?
1: No, it is the wild, wild west out there. Because while the state does not have legislature for the RT, The majority, if not all, hospital institutions make it a requirement for their technologists that they employ to be licensed. They want to make sure that the people providing care for their patients are indeed qualified
2: to do the job. I think it's really important that all states do require it just because of the fact that there is a level of quality that comes with barrier of entry. When there's a barrier that people are willing to get over that threshold, That means they're spending enough time to become experts in some form or fashion in their craft or their field, especially in a space where we're using ionizing radiation, right, to ensure that patients are taken care of. And when there isn't that barrier, there is no checks and balances that keeps patients safe, but also keeps the establishments themselves at a high quality. So I think it's really important that we champion that mission across the country for all states.
0: Did you hear what he said? That was absolutely beautiful. Keeps the establishment at high quality. Isn't that what hospitals strive for? High quality.
1: Yeah, we get scored on that like every year. Mm-hmm. to Make sure that we're meeting mm-hmm. the demands. We get dinged on a lot of things, or at least hospitals do. They get dinged on a lot of things that they aren't meeting the satisfaction. So it just makes sense to put credentialed people in your hospital so they can provide better patient care. 100%. Well, that's it,
0: guys. Show's over. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Have a good one. (laughs) You know, I learned from it. I really thought a majority of states in the U.S. were kind of set solid. Our advocacy was at a national level. What happened in listening to the conversation in Minnesota is the realization that we have come a long way, but still a very long way to advocate for our profession. That kind of hit hard. I encourage everybody to meet with your states, get in there, listen to those conversations. And guess what? You're now having states that are opening it up to other states just to bring people within that common ground of conversation. I think that's awesome.
2: Well, Marceline and I were talking before as well about the amount of societies nationally that are having these type of conversations and all of our eyes are open and we're looking for when each state is having one, regardless of whether you reside in that state or not, It's important to know what's happening and it's important for us to lead each other in the right direction to help each other and let each other know about the pitfalls that we've been through, especially for those who are new in the profession. I know for myself, I came into the profession eyes wide shut in many ways, came in just looking to start a new career and not realizing that your whole life you're leading up to a whole new career that you bring your own life experiences into and you're helping other people without even realizing it. So without trying to be a leader, we're all becoming that in some way. So yeah, it's important to be in all those calls and make the ones that you can and, and learn and meet new people. It's really important at this point. And there's no excuse because it's 2023, right? And we have all the ability to meet people that normally wouldn't have met. All it is now is a click of a button and you can meet new people in the same field.
1: Yeah. All right, so Joel, I know that From the introduction that Marceline gave to you is that you actually completed a degree and went into radiology and you completed that. Talk to me about that timeline, because that's not usually the case for most people, I would say.
2: I went to SUNY Oswego, upstate New York, for my bachelor's in mass communications and journalism. When I graduated with that, I went right into television advertising. Selling ad space and ad buying in the digital and television space in 2008, similar to our economy a little bit now, depending on who you ask. There was a bit of a recession and our whole department and most of our department were laid off, including myself. I went back home and my sister's a gynecologist. So I said to her, Listen, I need to figure out what my direction is going to be. I was not going to go into gynecology, but I knew that there was a field in the healthcare space that I knew I had a passion for, but just never really dove into it. So she said, hey, why don't you try to really spend some time focusing on radiology, which I know you always loved, but you never took the time out to do it. The blessing in the recession for me in 2008 was making the decision to focus in on a career that I really wanted to do and not what I thought would be interesting at the time. Went right back to school. And with the two years at Harlem Hospital, School of Radiologic Sciences, graduated there. So yeah, I, I did take a, I guess, an unconventional route. But it was definitely the best decision through dark times like that. You find some real positive moments. And this has been a very positive moment leading into this, even up to this day with that change. That pivot was huge for me.
1: That's awesome. See, all roads lead home. There's been a lot of people that come on and say radiology. I kind of fell into it. Or radiology found me. It's really interesting to hear your introduction to it. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. So
0: prior to you had a career. And as you advanced into the education and going into being an RT, some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast is people seeing it as a job versus a career. How do you feel about the RT career or job? How do you differentiate those two as you look at our role models?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So truthfully, I've never looked at the RT career as a job. I've always looked at it as a career. The reason why I say that is in my mind, a career is something that is not measured by time. So it isn't nine to five, it isn't 10 to six, it isn't overnights. It's do you live and breathe this, right? We're on this podcast now. We joined plenty of calls that don't involve finances. They don't involve getting paid to join different calls. It involves a passion. In my mind, there is nothing that I would personally do that isn't a passion of mine. And this is exactly that. Is a passion. So because of that, it's easy for me to feel comfortable joining calls, having conversations, spending time, taking a phone call from a random person who's in the industry who may need assistance or even may assist me in many ways, because this is a lifestyle at this point. It's not even close to a job. And I think I've always kind of looked at it in that way once I started.
0: I think you're absolutely 100% right. But I don't know that I would have thought to say it that way. I will now. Thank you. Um, and I will I will still that. So <laughs> I will quote it, Thoughts by Joel. There we go.
1: <laughs> I love it. So Joel, I try to ask this of most of our people we bring onto this podcast, but it seems to be that there has been a guiding light or some sort of mentor. And it may not be a person. It may be a difficult time or a prosperous time. Uh, is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind to get you to where you're at today?
2: Absolutely. So one phrase that has stuck in my mind from day one, this is really around the idea of going back to community and going back to having a strong team near and far is, you know, your network determines your net worth. When you have a strong base and people who you can communicate with to help you through, you have a much higher chance of doing well and also helping others. I've heard this plenty of times from many friends, family, people in different industries that speak on that. And I think within the radiology space, it's something that we should all in some way take heed to because we can get very far on our own, but we can get a lot further with support from others and developing a network and being intentional about it. So your network determines your net worth is definitely my quote that I think about pretty
0: often. And Joel, I know that you said that you're into leadership and that you strive to help individuals enhance their growth and their leadership as well as productivity. I love leadership, even though I've been doing it for quite a while. There's definitely ways that I learn from each individual how I can improve leadership. And I think all of us assume that to be a leader, you have to have the title. And that's not necessarily the truth. Anyone can be a leader in the industry and actually a well-led team And have many leaders on that in various aspects where they excel. How would you best sum up leadership or how do you look at it and how do you strive to help other individuals meet their goals or even exceed their goals?
2: That's a great question. So when I think about leadership, the first thing that comes to mind for me is trust. Regardless of the person is senior or junior to you, when it comes down to experience or title, you need to feel like you can trust that person. Like any relationship, right? It's all about the trust that you have. What we all try to strive for too is, in many ways, those who we're leading or who we're taking any kind of information from, we know they'll do what they're asking us to do. So if you're asking me to do a specific shift, you're asking me to, to do something specific within the field, I need to feel like I'm doing it because I want to do it, but I also know that the person asking me to do that will do it for me as well. And that makes it feel like there's a 50-50 relationship allowing us to lean on each other so the way I look at leadership is sharing the work, but also sharing the wealth and trusting each other through that process. And I think that's important just across the board. I think being highly self-aware is really important. Know how you come across to those you're leading. Just because you think it sounds good doesn't mean that everybody else interprets it the way you're saying it. Try to, to give the floor to the others on your team because sometimes you don't have all the answers. And being a leader isn't having all answers. It's about building a team that can help each other. So being self-aware, I think, is probably one of the most important things that oftentimes hard to do. I think we have all have issues with that. We're starting to decide who we are as leaders. You need to kind of figure out who you're with and also how you come across to the team that you have.
0: That's good advice. Reese. what advice do you have?
1: My take on it is you don't necessarily have to have the title of leader supervisor or director. The way you act and operate when no one's looking, I think can define you in a lot of ways. And how that looks when people are watching you or working alongside with you, they can determine who you are as a person. And who you are as a person will determine if that's something they support and would follow or they don't agree with and don't want to help or assist in whatever you're trying to accomplish. You don't have to be a a leader to lead.
0: I agree. Leadership is tricky. I mean, it really, really is tricky because when you have a team, you're trying to accommodate several people. Everybody has their own specific needs. And so you're working your best to try to juggle and accommodate everybody at their level. It's really a juggling act of just trying to meet everybody individually where they're at and then meeting them as a team. Sometimes it's not easy have a lot of respect for people who are on teams because again that's not easy either you're having to meet the demands of everybody else on your team to be that team player and so it's just it's a big act for everybody to come together and to keep that unity it's not always going to be perfect it's always right. going to require work on everybody's part um it's to find like, that uh, harmony
2: right i agree it's not like one size fits all there is no perfect answer so I totally agree. It's a juggling act for sure. So
1: Joel, through our conversation, one of your passions is finding imaging professionals. You find what motivates them. How do you implement it so that they can discover it for themselves? Do you help them along the way? How does, how does that work? How do you help tap into this resource?
2: Yeah, that's a, a good question. It's very difficult, similar to the leadership one. It's one of those type of things in this industry, in many industries where everybody don't want the same formula when it comes down to their career and how to get to wherever they're trying to go in this career in radiology. So really finding personal relationships and finding out what allows you to tick, what makes you want to get in this industry. What area do you want to go into? Are you looking to go into the imaging center side? Are you looking to get to the hospital side? What's your specific niche? Gone are the days when people are walking into imaging centers or hospitals with their manila envelope and resumes in it saying, here, I want a job. That's really not the case these days. And I think the area that this space needs some development in is meeting the staffing aspect in this career, similar to many other industries. You we know, We're in radiology, which is very technical in many ways when you compare it to other areas in healthcare. When it comes down to finding and identifying good candidates versus good places to work, we still haven't found that medium and how to make that work quickly people are still having a hard time finding out where to work for themselves. What I try to push with a lot of staff is this generation now, you have to realize you are your own brand in many ways. You're speaking for yourself, through your own words, through your own platforms that you might have, whatever platform you might use. And you want to make sure that you're presenting an image that's consistent with who you actually are. And that might lead you into the right career within the space. And that wasn't the case 20, 30 years ago. Now it is the case. You can actually cultivate the career for yourself. So it's less about me telling you how to do it and more about me saying, what do you want to do? And this might be a direction to get there. But it's really on you to make that creation happen for yourself because there's tons of opportunity in the space of radiology.
0: So you're kind of helping them tap into who they authentically are to find a role that is going to enhance who they get to become. That's kind of nice. You're kind of motivating them and pushing them along. A lot of people don't see the qualities within themselves. We have self-doubt in our minds. Constantly, we're thinking what we cannot do. Our heart tells us all these things that we can reach out for that the sky's the limit. Go for it. But in your mind, it tells you, wait, may not happen. Yeah. It's not going to look like that. You know, our our mind is constantly playing that on us. And so I think you being there to help kind of clear that clutter and say, hey, I'm looking at you, you can, mm-hmm. is a huge benefit for people. That's, I like that.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Just trying to fight the fear because it is about the fear that you might have in your own self at times. Yeah. I think a good way that I did
1: this in a previous life, in a previous role is I would always talk to my associates saying, okay, what is it you enjoyed doing in clinicals? Because clinicals, you get to basically experience a wide array of realms within the radiology world. What did you like? What did you not like? Maybe we can start from the other aspect. And so you can kind of hone in on what skill set really would support their lifestyle. Because right. if they're not going to be happy at a short few week clinical rotation doing something they're going to hate. They're not going to thrive in that type of environment, right? And so, you know, some people, such as myself, is like, I really enjoyed my OR rotation. And so I took an extra rotation of OR. I really liked trauma. I did clinical rotations in outpatient imaging offices, both uh, orthopedic clinic, as well as a neurospine clinic. While it taught me to get very good images as far as extremities and spines, I quickly realized it didn't have (laughs) that fire that really instilled in me like, I really like this, like trauma did and ER, OR did. So Mm -hmm. I think if you can have that conversation either with yourself or with another individual to figure out what you like and what you don't like, maybe it comes back down to networking, who you know, or old associates or who work with now, who have worked with people in those type of environments, that might be beneficial both for yourself as well as people that will come to ask you these same questions. And so that's exactly what these conversations are doing is they're getting people in the right attitude, in the right environment to thrive and become not only a better tech, but a better person as a whole.
2: Absolutely. I was fortunate enough to work. When I first graduated, I worked at a hospital, a trauma one hospital in Brooklyn, New York, where I was born actually as a PRN tech in the OR and ER, while also working at an imaging center during the day. So I was seeing two different worlds with the same license. And I was able to decide over six, seven months as I was doing both, which one was more for my personality, which one felt more for my lifestyle, what You know, you start to create and cater to what works for you while still keeping your career steady and moving forward with it. So similar to what you were mentioning, Reese, being exposed to a lot gives you a lot of options to decide for yourself versus just taking one role and then saying, this is what radiology offers me. When you don't realize there's 30,000 other things radiology offers you, you just haven't opened up the door yet to see what's going on for you. And that goes back to why, as you mentioned, the network, as well as the conversations, which are important, are going to give all of us some insight into things we may not even be aware of, even with 20 years experience, as things happening right under your nose, you might not even know until you have a conversation.
0: Right. When you graduated x-ray school, they gave you the master key and there's several doors to open up and you can go through any of them. They may require some work. You can go wherever you want, however you want. That's what I love about radiology. Exactly. It's a good episode. I'm fired up, (laughs) (laughs) Reese. I'm ready. This one one speaks to me. So as we talk about finding our passion, one of the things that can probably extinguish it pretty quickly (laughs) is staff shortages, right? We're all experiencing staffing shortages. We just talked about it on this past podcast with Sean Newman. Our patient volumes are skyrocketing. As we're trying to juggle these things, we need to be able to find a way to streamline our workflow, right? We have to maintain that high volume patient care, really championing who we are, trying not to get burned out. How do we bring all of this together in this positive form?
2: When it comes to workflow and championing everything, getting it all together, I think it has a lot to do with training that's consistent when you first get into the field, when you first get a job, you oftentimes get trained at this specific place. Okay, great. Now you learn how to work and what to do and what not to do, which is awesome. But every three to four to five or six months, the industry changes so quickly, there should always be consistent training happening in conjunction with what's expected from a volume standpoint, right? So if you started a career and you're seeing X amount of patients on a week-to-week basis, you start getting a pattern of how you operate. But let's say things start to pick up in six months, it may be overwhelming for you. As an institution, it should be an internal process that allows older and new employees transparency into what's happening and how to handle it as a team. Right now, I don't think that's happening on a consistent basis across the country, but I think that'll help a lot when it comes down to torrential weathers when it comes to workflow, because that happens often. Things go up and down on a regular basis throughout all departments. And I think that'll help in many ways.
0: And how do you think that they could set that up?
2: I don't know how often people in the industry really focus heavily on like offsites, sites meaning uh, ways to get everybody together outside of just the day-to-day and building a culture that can allow trust within the team that comes back to the actual job. There are ways that are going to be useful from a creative standpoint. I don't know what those ways would specifically be to try mm-hmm. to get everybody on the same page for workflow, high demand, shortage of staffing. I think it's a lot of layers to it. That's a difficult I think, one.
0: I think you gave a good one. And uh, Reese, I'm going to get your opinion on it.
2: The, one of my previous
1: hospitals I, I worked at had this down in a very effective manner. Mm-hmm. Depending on how things were going during the course of the year, usually it was every quarter. They would physically, and this is for the imaging department as a whole, they would block off at an hour and a half of the morning. No outpatients. They had enough text to cover the inpatient stuff that was being urgent and stat. Everyone else attended a meeting. They had all the upper management there and they had some food and coffee and everything for everyone to snack on. And the director would get up and say, hey, here's what y'all did. Great here's what was not so great. I know y'all have been asking about this and here's the answer I have for you. Uh, we do have X amount of number of positions open. We have X number of people applying for it. We do have other opportunities to cross-train here and here. If anyone's interested, let me know. It was kind of like a private little town hall meeting solely for the imaging department. It was very much a trickle-down information from admin because admin typically in most situations will keep this information private and behind closed doors and not let their staff in on the inner workings and the updates of the department. These little imaging town hall meetings allowed the staff to, one, be allowed in on the information that was coming down. Two, to voice their concerns or things that they are having issues with on the floor. So I think implementing either a monthly or quarterly huddle, whatever you want to call it, so it's a really a nice way to establish that sense of community, that sense of family within the department.
0: We used to do that too, Reese, at the hospital I was at prior when I was weekend supervisor. Every month we would go at seven in the morning, which when you worked weekends, it sucked. And our radiologists would attend and they would spend 20 minutes hanging films and explain what good imaging looked like, what imaging needed to be improved, any special anatomy that we don't typically see or pathology. And so our radiologists were extremely involved. That was a great way to connect. To me, that stood out in my career. I love that.
2: That goes a long way. And I think the transparency aspect of it too, when, when Reese mentioned the, uh, mm-hmm. these are the positions available. This is what we plan on doing. If you don't say, people will come up with their own conclusions. You want to make sure that everybody feels heard and we're all on the, in some way on the same page. You lay ahead at night knowing that you were being transparent with everybody around you. And they know that as well. I think that's really important.
1: All right. So there's a lot of x-ray technologists who don't know what an RA is or what an RA does. And Marceline has said it before, is to know us is to work with us. And within our own community, we are not widely known because we're so few and far between. What are some ways that we can promote the RA profession in the world of radiology?
2: One of the main angles that we can probably hit for the RA role to be more widely known is through the educational aspect. When technologists see a, for lack of a better term, a pipeline towards this direction that's clear, it allows them to then think more into the role. But I also think that those who are technologists who have gone into more of an RA role should also communicate that direction they've made to other technologists. You know, you don't want to go past go and not look back, right? You want to ensure you're explaining and paying it forward exactly what you've done to get to this point. I think a lot of technologists will find it very interesting to move into a role like this, but they don't know the direction on how to get there. And it could also be because of the fact that there aren't much advertised roles. You usually hear about the RA role when somebody has it versus the availability that there are out there. That's how, in many ways, we can try to develop more interest in an RA position.
0: It is a profession that even in the past when we have advocated for it, even just in visiting with Sean on our prior episode and asking about Marca, he knows what Marca is. He knows that it exists. He doesn't know really the whole truth as to why it exists or even what basis it has. That's really key that you brought that up because I don't think I realized it until I had asked him, and I expected you know an answer. And I don't personally know that well what it is either. But you know, it's important that you say that because until here recently, I just assumed they're technologists. They know what it is. They know who we are. And as I'm doing this podcast, I'm learning. One, about myself and who I am, but I'm also learning that I've taken for granted, assuming legislators know who we are, assuming radiologists know who we are, assuming that technologists know who we are. The reality is we have a lot of work to do in publicizing who we are. I'm ready to get to work on that. There's power
2: in numbers, you
0: know. (laughs) Uh, That's right. Okay. As we progress, I know that we talked about the fireside chats earlier. Kind of anything that maybe we didn't share before about the Fireside Chats or anything that you want to kind of elaborate on, feel free, this platform is yours.
2: Thank you. You know, the Fireside Chats were completely inspired by a couple of things. One, my own experience in the field. Two, many other people who I've met in the industry. And then three, once I moved into management and then entrepreneurial ventures in this field, I was able to travel a lot. And oftentimes we think we're working in a vacuum where we're the only one going through any aspect that we're going through at the time. And once I traveled to specific states like California, Florida, Illinois, Arizona, Colorado, I realized talking to different people in the imaging space, that it's the same thing, just different states. when it comes down to the frustration. And I said, well, We should have an opportunity to speak about this because I felt like I was enlightened and figured why not create these fireside chats to get people from different cities and states to meet, talk and share knowledge and frustration because you need that community to help. Things like staffing issues, students, difficulties, just in any form of management that they might be dealing with. What's the differences between imaging centers and hospitals, conventions that many people are not able to attend, like the RSNA and these different conferences, what's happening? So if you're not there, that doesn't mean you can't get the knowledge. We can just talk about it and have those conversations. So the Fireside Chats have been really awesome and looking to make them even more interactive in 2023 as I'm getting a lot of outreach about doing more. So um, very exciting times. All right, so Joel, I know you, you mentioned that With some of the frustrations
1: that some people are feeling in one area, uh, they quickly can realize that they're having the exact same frustrations in another area, another state. A lot of these issues may have already been handled and they have overcome these issues and have found a way to get through it. That just hasn't been communicated widespread to the other people who are having the same issue. And the reason why I bring this up is because Marceline was texting me after the meeting the other night. Marceline was hellbent, on fire, (laughs) raging right on the edge of a precipice. And um, I just texted her. I said, just be confident in the fact that if you're frustrated, odds are there's many, many more just like you who feel the exact same way. Very true. And if all these people are feeling the exact same thing as you are, something is going to happen because... If everyone's frustrated and everyone's angry and everyone's up in arms about it, odds are that something's going to get done. And so I was just trying to talk Marceline off the edge <laughs> and, uh, because I need her help at work uh, the next day. You know, <laughs> so.
0: I sent you that. I was just, you know, advocacy for me is my passion. I mean, that is where I am probably the most passionate. Maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. But I'll show you the picture I sent Reese when I was storming around downstairs with my other half and I was just really laying into that, you know, we got to do something and this is to happen. (laughs) This this was my dog.
2: Oh, cute.
0: (laughs) He's covering his ears. Oh my goodness. So even, yeah. Yeah,
1: Marceline's own dog was tired of hearing about it.
0: You know, also on last night's talk and also on the fireside talk, that chat room, kind of tying the two together. One thing that I noticed is they were asking for help, right? They brought in other people from other states saying, how have you guys advocated? What worked for you guys? What didn't work for you guys? And you had several different states that were coming together. You had the ASRT, Brandon Smith, Mm -hmm. coming in and kind of sharing his thoughts on kind of where everything kind of stands as a whole and what we can do by outreaching to the community. Again, Fireside Chat definitely taps into that. So any of our state societies should definitely listen into the Fireside Chats, what Reese said. You hit it home there, Reese. Yeah. What we may have solved for us, we can help share that and help others progress that way. And I really recommend it. I really do. For anyone who can get any of these states that are opening it up for other people to join, that was amazing. And these Fireside Chats are a great, great way to connect as a whole, to find opportunity to network. If you're looking for a job, great. Come on. Let your face be seen. Get people to know who you are. If you're looking for advancement, opportunity.
2: Exactly. Well said. I totally agree with that.
1: So, uh, Joel, how are you conducting these fireside chats? Is it on a platform? Is it like a Zoom call like we're doing right now? Is it a podcast? I mean, is it a published episode? Can you go back and listen to old fireside chats How is this working on from the technical side?
2: You know, I started the Fireside Chats just literally on Zoom. Promoted it on LinkedIn. Just got people together on Zoom. It wasn't recorded. It was just a place for us to communicate. 2023, there's a lot of new things I'm planning on bringing on to it. I'm a big proponent of you start off with something, you build on it, people like it, you start adding more that people want. What's the best way to move forward? To make it a bit more interactive. And go from there. So that is a plan for this year as well. Amongst many other things, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. But to answer your question directly, yes, it's on Zoom.
1: A lot of our listeners don't know the time and efforts it takes to produce, record, edit, publish, promote everything we're doing. But the response we're getting from our listeners and the waves that are being made in the right way is the driving force that keeps us doing this. We're very fortunate, not only be the, the receiving end, but we're starting to see the productivity that is coming from this. And so that is why we want to continue this to maintain that momentum, to drive it on home.
0: All right, Joel. So I have absolutely loved getting to sit and visit with you, but I know that we've been asking a lot of the questions. Is there anything that we have not talked about that maybe you want to share?
2: Honestly, you know, I think this has been a, a complete pleasure and honor joining the podcast. I, I had a pleasure talking to both of you. I'm an avid listener, so now it's good to be on here. I'm excited about 2023, about our profession, and about everything that's happening in, in the industry, and want to stay in contact because of just how important it is that we build our community. It's just a pleasure to be here, and I thank you both.
0: Joel, I really, really want to say thank you. I have absolutely enjoyed getting to know you. I support everything that you're doing. Your passion and drive is going to get it through. And you definitely brought that energy with you tonight. I love the way that I feel after this conversation. I hope that people who join the Fireside Chats kind of get that same feeling. I know a lot of our topics can be heavy, but they can also be very uplifting. So thank you for Not only talking about the heavy topics, but making them uplifting. Really inspirational, really valuable. And whatever you do from here on out, I know Reese and I will support you 100% however we can.
2: Love it. Thank you.
1: Joel, man, amazing conversationalist. It is so easy to talk to you. You're very personable, very encouraging, very enlightening. And I hope our listeners found that as well. because. Yeah, this is getting me pumped up. I'm amped. I want to do more. That's exactly what we need. I'm glad that you're a a longtime listener. When did you first hear about us?
2: I heard about Collaboration RA about six months ago, about five, six months ago. And what I did was I went in and just started listening to each interview you all did before even connecting with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Some of those... uh, Earlier episodes might have been a little rough as we were starting
1: to get our feet wet. (laughs) Uh, But I think we found our stride. If you haven't listened already, we have a a lot of information out there. We're really trying to showcase the family that is the radiology world. We're all a team. And however we can promote each other, that's what we're going to do. Our website, collaborationra.com. Go check us out. Find links to the previous episodes. Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchors is one of them. We have a number of social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can send us an email as well. If you want to say something, let us know. We have an open mic policy. Give it a shot. You'd surprise yourself about what we can come up with. So let us know. We'd love to have you on. Joel, thank you so much for coming on and visiting with us tonight. I look forward to future conversations and uh, future Fireside Chats. Sounds good. Thank you Mm -hmm. for having me. To our listeners, thanks for listening. Marceline, thanks for joining me.
0: Hey, thank you, Reese. I would like to also add whenever you mention about not having anything to say, I think oftentimes we play that fear in our head that we talked about earlier. And the reality is it's about getting to come on, have a conversation, and we just get to share that with the world. So don't put so much pressure on yourself. A lot of people just want to know who you are. And in the process, you get to have fun. Thank you so much for coming on with us as well, too. It was a blast, and I can't wait to do it again in the future.
2: Same here. Thank you both. Really appreciate it. This has been great. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Collaboration RA. Remember to find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. There you'll find our social media accounts. Give us a like and give us a share. We look forward to your support and thank you for tuning in.